And we're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and we're I'm joined by a lot of fine fellows here because we're counting down the Severed Limb Film Festival 9. I'm wearing the shirt, Beaster Bunny. That'll be this Saturday. Uh, free festival, one night only. So come and join us. Interactive chat room. Uh, a lot of fans, a lot of filmmakers will be there. It's been a lot of fun. I started doing them during the pandemic and kept going because it's been it's been a lot of fun and it's cool because uh you get to see stuff they might not to see uh, not get to see otherwise and familiarize yourself with some new filmmakers and filmmakers like yourselves get your stuff seen by a new audience it's a win for everybody so let's see who's uh we got brad case here howdy from one of it's good to see you eric poe he's one of our regulars at the severed limbs Yep, I think I was in the first couple of Severed Limbs, so uh, yes. good to be back. He set the tone. He had a very fun animated uh, one in the first one. I did. And uh, this year's got, a, well, this time he's got I Heart Valentine's, which is very cool. <laughs> uh, Church Jackson, it's good to meet you. Hey, everybody. Am I still allowed to be on here? I have all of my limbs. You got you for now, but when you leave, we'll find out. <laughs> I got but, spares. No, oh, there you go. Nice. Beware, beware of the candy snatcher, which is another obvious. <laughs> Kenneth Perkins. Yes, sir. Thank you, Neil, for having us on, man. This is awesome. Thank you for doing it. Of Lily, which we'll be talking about shortly. Doc Vidal. It's good to meet you. What's up? Of Mr. and Mrs. Kill. I might have it as Doc Vidal's Mr. and Mrs. Kill, but I've, I've been told. This I only put that for, uh, so it doesn't get confused with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I had put that in there. I understand. <laughs> and Jerry Williams here. The, we've got Captain Jerry Williams of Zeus <laughs> and the Space Monster. Hello, folks. How are you guys doing? Very good. So we're going to go around here, and uh, everyone will go one at a time. Uh, give like a quick explanation of what your film is and uh, any inspirations for it. We'll start with Brad. What's up? First off, thanks for having me. Uh, my film is Want to Play a Game. It's a home invasion film that I've been trying to get made for like seven, eight years. I ran into a lot of problems between finding the cast, crew members, and I wanted to go big and bad with tons of FX and stuff. And it just never worked out. Well, finally, I teamed up with a guy named Brian who did all the uh, audio and music, did a phenomenal job scoring it. And he, was helped me, he helped me make the film come to life. It's basically a brother and sister that kidnap married couples and they play a sick twisted game of survival with them. So it's a lot of fun. It was a great experience. We had a great cast. Everybody involved did amazing. And I'm really excited for people to see it. I hope people enjoy it. Yeah. And one of the things I like about doing this is a lot of different tones of the different movies, and also different levels of filmmakers. And it's fun to watch different stuff. Yours is definitely one of the darker films in the movie, in the film. I appreciate that. I noticed that when I was checking some of the other stuff, I was like, yeah, I definitely think mine's a little bit darker than the other ones. A lot of everything I watched looked great. Everybody's films look awesome. Like, congrats to everybody in props. I'm excited Thanks. to watch them all on Saturday. And not Eric. Yeah, actually. Oh, sorry. sorry. I'm going. No, no, go on, Jerk. No, I was just going to say, I have uses was the only ones that I've watched so far. I've, I'm saving the rest for Saturday, but his is fantastic. Man. I loved it. I wanted to let him know that. Awesome. Thank you, man. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Eric, give us uh, an idea of what yours is about. Um, well, it's a little, it's a, it's a five minute uh, short film. Um, kind of wanted to do a, a little bit of a creature feature. It's a, about a male lady who uh, 
Um, didn't have doesn't have a date for Valentine. She's on the phone with a friend or sister or something. So uh, kind of goes from there. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't want her sister or a friend to hook her up with somebody because uh, she doesn't want a man following her around. Uh, so uh, I don't want to say too much more. Yeah, it's sometimes you can't say too much. Uh, you know, five minutes you don't want to give too much of the, uh, the short away. Exactly. But I like a lot of these films. Great locations. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, it was great. We had a, um, some people nearby had a, have a farm and they let us use it and, and we filmed everything there. So it was, it's great. It was really nice, uh, convenient location where we could do everything for that. And at church, let us know about beware of the candy snatcher. Uh Oh, you might be muted. Oh, sorry about oh, that. No problem. Uh, uh, if you were the candy center is kind of hard to like discuss without giving much of it away. Uh, plot wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, basically it is about, uh, trick or treating a little girl going trick or treating. And it goes very, very awry with a urban legend called the candy snatcher. Um, I was shot over the course of like maybe 12 hours with a group of a couple of my friends, uh, Brett, uh, Kubinek co-directed it with me. He edited it. And I can't pronounce the word. He, he chopped it up, put music to it. Um, my buddy Ian, uh, did the score for it. He was fantastic. Uh, it's inspired by, uh, stuff like, uh, like trick treat or like any, any, any love of, of Halloween, the, you know, horror and, and gross things like that's, that's all it's about. It's very punk rock. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth, uh, what about Lily? Yeah. Lily was actually just a challenge film. I'm in the Southeastern filmmakers uh, uh, group. And the challenge for that month was dance. You had to have some kind of dance in your video. And I can't write anything that doesn't go to the dark side. So it's basically just a couple standing over a crib with a newborn baby talking about how lucky they are. And uh, they twist the mobile, they wind it up, they start dancing to it. And then it just, some other people show up and it kind of goes downhill from there. Yeah. So without giving it all away. but <laughs> No, that, that's, I like how it came about. I think sometimes something like that, it kind of forces you to use your creativity to uh, write something you might not have normally. Uh, that's what I would write. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe not the. Dance. I can only go dark now. <laughs> Fair enough. What did they think of it, by the way? If it's all supposed to be something about dance, and you have uh, it's very dark. I, I think a lot of people were surprised. I had a lot of questions after it was over. They want to know how we filmed it, how long it took, and it was like over five hours. I, I got lucky because I was able to get two really good actors on board, and they were they were down once they read the script and. Mostly, yeah, I think I had a lot of people surprised, but some were not because they're used to me doing dark stuff where limbs are getting chopped off or whatever. I think they're used to that from me by now. Fits right so, in here. Exactly. That's why I love it. Uh, Doc, let us know about Mr. and Mrs. Kill. It's one of the more stylized films. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, it's, it's primarily supposed to feel like a like a Twilight Zone episode, so it's in a, like an alternate reality where uh, – the um it's the like an alternate 1950s and there's a game show where uh people uh write to the game show to um tell them why they believe they deserve a chance to be on the game show and uh if they are chosen by a you know these um kind of uh faceless anonymous uh, panelists 
you know, they get to uh, star onto uh, this game show that uh, six them against each other, basically to kill each other off. And then the last one gets a cash prize. And so you have a bunch of these uh, stereo, not stereotypes, but these uh, very um, 50s kind of characters doing very like grotesque things that uh, you don't normally see them doing. And, uh, and, and they all have uh, very good motives as to why they should get the money. So it's kind of, you know, you have to kind of decide who you think uh, really, really deserves the money, I guess. Uh, you know, it's only like, uh, I think uh, less than 20 minutes, but um, I was, uh, I had submitted it for a film festival and they had like requirements to be under a certain amount of time. It has to be a certain length. So that was uh, what we had to work with was uh, 19 minutes. Okay. Did, was there ever a longer version or something you would go back to? Um. No, uh, no, because I, I actually storyboarded the entire thing uh, first and we got every shot like per like storyboard. So everything seemed to fit in. Uh, we cut some stuff out just for, you know, uh, it was just dragging the story. So we just kind of cut some things. But uh, other than that, I think it came out the way it was supposed to. Cool. By the way, Church, you play a great creep. <laughs> Uh, Jerry Williams, Zeus Atomic, and the Space Monster. I think the name just uh, explains it all. <laughs> Pretty much. It's a, kind of a spoof of the old 50s sci-fi shows. And I do a little show called Astro Space Hero, and it's more G-rated. And what happened was a lot of actors will send me footage, and they'll send me footage I can't really use because it's G-rated. And they'll send me footage like, shit, fuck, piss. And I'm like, well, I can't. I love it, but where do I put it? So... I came up with a character, Zeus Atomic, and he's one of the lines that I put in one of the films is like, I don't have testosterone. I have space testosterone, you know, that kind of thing. And <laughs> kind of, you know, very silly, 50 sci-fi cardboard set kind of films. Yeah. And, no, it's very fun. Yeah. It's good. You, you could watch something really dark and you're feeling bad. And you're like, Oh, no, <laughs> I can watch uh, Dr. Zeus. <laughs> Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, uh, your fans will like this. You're like, what the hell, deal? What's going on? <laughs> well, that's I, to me. That's kind of the fun of of horror. Is kind of a subjective. What really horror? What's horror? Uh, oh, oh I, yeah, I, yeah. I like a mixture. Of different, I like something silly. I like a big gore fest. So uh, I like all different types of horror. Yeah. Films. Oh, I love I love uh, the comedy in like films like Evil Dead or Evil Dead Two and that kind of thing. You know, like, yeah. you know, I'll swallow your soul. I love that. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good quote. I love. I swallow your soul. I love that. Uh, Matthew Mark Hunter of the Lord's Ladies and Easter Massacre. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. And uh, can you give us an idea of what we're we're in store for with both films? Yes, Easter Massacre um, and Lord's Lady both are very bloody in their own different types of ways. Um, Lord's Ladies actually was shot on a V. VHS camcorder and I edited the film on a VCR to DVD converter and then finished it on uh, the computer. Uh, so it's going to be very box like for the footage and it's, it came out really cool looking for the VHS style. Um, and it's with five ladies sacrificing a guy to the dark one and they do a lot of gruesome stuff to him outside. And then Easter massacre has uh, a bunch of friends and, one of them is going to be the killer, and we have to find out who the killer was. And it's another sweet kills in it, also. 
And it was nice that we actually have an Easter uh, theme short film in the uh, in the Easter uh, festival. And I don't think uh, we, you know, you see a lot of Christmas horror and obviously Halloween horror, but uh, there's other holidays <laughs> out there people can uh, make some uh, horror films about. Arbor Day, Easter, <laughs> not enough Thanksgiving films out there. Patriots uh, Day. Exactly. And uh, Terrible One Troy is here uh, with us. How's everybody doing tonight? Great. That's Good. Really solid. Great. Good to see you, Troy. Yep. Nice to see you. So, uh, Brad, I had a question uh, for I uh, want to play a game. Um, is Rob Zombie a big inspiration of yours? Yes, definitely is. I get a lot of those comments. And some people say he's too much of an inspiration read because some people have their ideas about him. I personally think he's a great writer and director. Now, I will say there, I'm not a fan of all of his films. Like, wasn't a fan of what he did with Halloween. But I absolutely loved House of Thousand Corpses, Three from uh-huh. Hell, and all that. Loved 31. And I even loved Lords of Salem, which a lot of people. Lords of Salem is my favorite also. Nice. I think it's one of his best movies. And I like yeah. that it's so a different I like it, too. I think the problem with that film is it came in at the wrong time. It's a cult classic film that would have done phenomenal in the 70s. Exactly. Ready oh, for that yeah. Kind no, of stuff I, I dug it, yeah. It's, it's it's a Dario Argento movie made by a madman that loved like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's yeah. that's all wow. that movie is. And it's hard, it's I think, wow. for the for fans who want to just see uh, similar things from him to see something different. Exactly. Right. It's 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 ridiculous that people go, hey, you know, all he does is rip off, you know, TCM and this, that, and the other thing. He does something completely avant garde and different, and they shit all over him. I'm sorry if we can't curse. I apologize, oh, no, it's fine. but yeah, it's fine. All right. But yeah, yeah no, like House of Thousand Corpses is amazing. Like I love the editing and the tone of House of Thousand Corpses. Yeah. I think the just the way it was shot, the imagery, and the whole thing is just amazing. I mean, it really is. I was just kind of stuck with me. That's why I like all the bizarre color schemes and things in my film. Absolutely. Like, it's just always been something I've, I strive for, and I do all my own editing and coloring. So I try to take a lot from the stuff that I watch that it's impacted me and put it into what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Eric, had you ever done a fight scene before? Um, I have not. That, that was actually I Heart Valentine's was, I, I will admit, was only my second movie. So my first short was uh, Incubation Period, which also played uh, on Severed Limbs 2, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so this was really my first fight scene, and, and I was still kind of very new. And I really haven't done any fight scenes since then either, so I, I guess I have to admit that. Yeah. So what was that experience like, the filming your first fight scene? Um, it was fun. I mean, you know, we're trying to figure out on the fly how to – catch these shots that we needed without actually showing, you know, too much fighting going on, but it was, it also helped that it's kind of a comedy. So I didn't, it didn't have to look, you know, pristine and, and necessarily realistic to a, an actual fight going on. So. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the scarecrow looks very creepy, which I think uh, for horror comedy, the, the horror still has to work. Yeah. Well, and we did the, with the scarecrow, I, I had uh a basic idea of how I wanted this mask. And we built the mask. Uh, uh, my friend, Dan Beck, who's part of the wages of sin group that I'm part of. And my wife actually helped uh, kind of figured out how to, how to make this mask for us. And, and, you know, I wanted it to look more realistic. We'd done some other scarecrow things that were more, that were less uh, formed uh, burlap 
which is what this was. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. It worked out well. And, and uh, several people have made comments on the, uh, the scarecrow itself. I think I think a scarecrow normally looks cool. Uh, church, uh, not to spoil anything, but uh, there's some really nasty puke in your movie. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, part like I'm never going to give the answer if it's real or not. I wasn't going to even ask that, but I was going to ask what was in it. But but if it's actually real, I don't know if I think I want to know this. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) asked if it was real or not, and like because there was a couple shots that look quite quite real. I'm never going to reveal that. But uh, what was in it, whether or not I I ingested it first or not, uh, (laughs) I was to see candy porn in it. But yeah. Absolutely. The, the, the original name of the uh, film was Candy Corn. Oh, okay. And and then it, it turns out that Fright Rags made a uh, a film called Candy Corn. Yeah, it's actually pretty and good. I like it. it is really good, yeah. actually. Um, actually, we used the uh, the bucket we use in the movie was an homage to the bucket and candy corn. Um, but the, the vomit uh, was just honestly, it was candy and sugar and um, well, it was... It was uh, tea like like sugary tea to give it that really thick gross uh consistency that was about it like i, I think i might have used a little bit of egg um but yeah nothing special no i'm just worried i'm curious like do you go and search like how to make puke or is this just something you create on on the fly um Puking is a habit I've had since I was a child. Oh, well, I'm I'm sorry if I brought up a uh, bad subject. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's it's a it's just a running joke. I, there's more photos of me vomiting than there are pictures of me smiling. Um, have you ever but, have you ever uh, seen Draws the wrestler in um, Beyond the Mat? Yeah, yeah, Draws. <laughs> He's gonna puke. Right. Yeah, I love Draws. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. I kind of just we whipped it up together. I was like, what you know? I had an idea of what would work. And still worked, you know. Yeah. Uh, the the amount of planning we did for that is shockingly little. <laughs> well, it came out uh, very good. Well, thank you. You're welcome, uh, Kenneth. Uh, the gore in Lilith is great. Uh, there's some great uh, dead bodies, and uh, so who who's in charge of your gore uh, makeup? Perfect. Yeah, I did. I, I did everything. Had a little help from the wife. Um, what we did was we took a watermelon when she comes down in the fire poker scene and uh, I shaved the top of it and she actually really hit it in my bedroom and water. We put blood in there too. Watermelon went everywhere and I didn't cover it, you know, in plastic. <laughs> um, as far as her face, I had a couple eyeballs left over and I put one up there. We put some watermelon, dripped some blood down and just made it work because it was like a five hour shoot. So, and by the way, I've never wanted to see vomit more in my life, Church. <laughs> yeah, you really, really <laughs> sold the vomit. I'm ready for Saturday. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, be yeah, hot. We'll do a I promise you, I promise you, but by by the time you watch that film, you'll be like, I'm done. Fuck that guy. I'm done. <laughs> I probably ask for another one. Let's do a sequel. But um, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But as far as the effects are concerned, I just. I had had about a day or two to prep. So I'd already thought them all through. So we had already kind of planned on what we were going to do. And we just threw it together on the fly. Something else I liked about Lily is it's open-ended on both sides. You don't, it just kind of starts and then there's an ending and you don't, you know, the world keeps going. And I like that. Uh, You could do that. I think more often in a short than like a feature, but it it really works. 
I appreciate that. That's cool. I, uh, I wanted to point out also, uh, just because I think it's uh, fun trivia, is that the male lady in my movie is the woman who is killed in Kenneth's movie. Oh, really? Right. It's That's the same. Awesome. Right. It's very nice. And she's uber talented. They all are. They all did such a good job. It was actually easy for me. I kind of pointed the camera and, and, and went with it. So it worked. Very cool. Uh, Doc, um, so we get to see Trista Robinson, uh, treacherous Trista here without your head with a katana and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Kill. Was this, uh, is this how you met Trista? Was this first time or did you know her before making the film? Actually, I met her through uh, a, a small theater. Uh, we did a show together and uh, we just kind of, I mean, everybody on that show seemed to stay friends. So, um, which is not usual, but uh, Trista was one of the people that I stayed in contact with for like up until now. Uh, maybe that was uh, like six years ago or seven years ago, something like that. Um, and uh, I definitely wanted her a part of this uh, a film. Uh, and I wanted her to have kind of like a over the top grandioso personality and really you know uh her whole character is trying to prove herself because she's so small and so delicate and petite and she's you know kind of like in in uh, that's that age where she's just fed up with everything and she wants to win this money and uh quit her job as a school teacher and so um and she runs into a couple of her students in in the show that actually signed on so uh, yeah, between them, uh, but uh, yeah, she she uh, was really uh, easy to work with. Like everything uh, I asked of her, she like pretty much sold it. So uh, working with her, yeah, and I, I just love the whole presentation of, of the film and uh, great score as well. Oh, huh, thanks. <laughs> it was it was uh, 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 just an online. Uh, I searched for uh, what was it? Um, where uh, uh, there was a there's an artist that does uh, like soundtrack stuff for people uh, without needing a, a a license. There you go. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> you're good. Yeah. I knew you were going. I've used a lot of those sites. Darren <laughs> Curtis is one of my favorites. Yeah, probably uh, a lot of people watching this would. would that's probably a, a good advice for them. Yeah, no, I mean, he he does a whole uh, collection of them, and I've seen them even on uh, TV, like, commercials and stuff like that, kind of the same uh, soundtracks that I've come across. Um, so, I mean, it's, uh, it, I mean, you can tweak it, and you can do different stuff with it, mix them up, and, you know, create something different. So, I mean, it's not necessarily have to sound exactly the same as yeah. downloaded. So, um, you know. There's always something there, but uh, I wanted it to have a kind of, you know, a specific, very specific sound. And I'm not a musician, so that was my best, uh, you know, I guess. Yeah, it totally worked. Uh, Jerry Williams, uh, great backgrounds in Zeus Atomic. Uh, how much work goes uh, goes into making all the backgrounds and the stuff? Just just little little things here and there, you know. You know, I try to avoid green screen as much as I can because it's always easier to set up a photo drop and I'm actually going to try to do some more planet backgrounds and stuff uh, with the uh, getting to what you guys were talking about music. I actually did the uh, theme song for Zeus atomic acapella. Cause I didn't, really? yeah, I didn't have any, my daughter had left all of her Barbie dolls on top of my guitars and I was too lazy to 
move the Barbie dolls. I was like, I'll just make up something, you know. So when you hear it, that's that's an acapella song. I just whipped up for it. Well, I think it's very fun. And I hope people like it. Like you said, it's definitely different from some of the other stuff we show. But uh, I, I find it fascinating because uh, I actually want to see that short with the uh, puke, too, because I actually drink tea <laughs> all the time. So now I'm like, shit, I've got to see this, man. So is, is it weird oh, yeah, that I'm I really, that really I'm stoked to see yours, too? Like, <laughs> oh, the yeah. Totally opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm like, I want to see the innocent, sweet thing. And you're like, I want to see the disgusting thing that's going to make people girl. hate themselves. <laughs> I want to see the head the head smashing the watermelon scene too because i'm i'm gonna see that because yeah. i'm thinking severed heads 10 it might be like all puke movies if we can <laughs> out. I don't know. that's my goal is i want to start in a whole genre well technically i didn't start it this dude named lucifer damien <laughs> right, or something but, started it but, God, but, but, dolls. but my shit actually has a story so <laughs> it <like>. does <laughs> i thought that was a love story <laughs> I just, yeah, who knows? Uh, that guy's a weirdo. And, uh, yeah, Matthew Mark weird. Hunter. First of all, I like that your company, you talk about you love 80s style. And I think sometimes people confuse that today where it's just like a bunch of nostalgia will show Rubik's Cubes and stuff. But for you, what is, uh, what is 80s style horror? Um, a lot of it is where we'll have like the blood, but then the 80s part will have like weird type of creatures sometimes. And we don't do any, uh, Really, we don't do any visual effects. It's all practical effects, practical blood, practical monsters. Um, we very stay away from all CGI stuff. And then sometimes, like in Lord's Ladies, we'll record on a, a VHS camcorder, edit on a VCR for a real authentic 80s feel instead of just throwing a filter over the footage right. later on. You can on. tell that, too. Not, you know, nothing against the filters, but you can tell when it's, you know, Especially people who edit, I think, a lot uh, with uh, the basic programs can tell, even if it's like the default setting for the uh, with the cracks and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest part is we'll either have a lots of blood and crazy stuff and then it's just weird or stupid looking type of creatures <laughs> with very, very like limited budget style things. That's the fun of that time. I think, though, even bad um, practical effects, I think, are fun where I think bad CG is just bad. Yeah, you know, there's like a charm to it. Um, so we're gonna have the second group coming up here. This went by quick, but it would be cool to have everyone back on another point. But let's go over everybody, let everybody know where they can follow you and what you're up to next. We'll start with Brad. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at gorehore197666. Perfect. And currently, I'm working on trying to put together my first personal feature i've worked on a feature before where i was a producer with john dugan who played grandpa sawyer and oh, nice. we're uh, close so friends with john yeah yeah he's a great guy one of the sweetest guys i've ever met mm-hmm. so i'm working on trying to get my own personal feature done but in between that i got a couple little more small things i want to do just for fun very cool eric um probably the the best place to uh find out what we're doing um Wages of Sin, that's C-I-N-E, like cinema, Wages of Sin, on Facebook um, and Instagram. And we do have a Twitter as well that's not quite so updated. But, yeah, the, the Facebook would be the best place to follow us, Wages of Sin, and you'll see what we're doing there. Cool. Did someone mention you have a feature in the works or it is done? Um, I do have a, a, a my associate, Dan Beck, and I uh, worked up a feature we filmed at the end of this past year. Um, uh, 
I'll say Kenneth uh, came out to be an extra background extra oh, for us. So it was really okay. the first time we had met in person. Right. And uh, it, it's going to have Aaron Brown in it. So oh, she's nice. our star. Yeah, it's another former guest here on the show. Yeah, it's going to okay. be called Gracie. So look for it. Uh, Church. Hey, uh, well, you can find me on Facebook at Church Jackson. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Cheddar Express. Uh, it, it is spelled completely ridiculous. Uh, Cheddar <laughs> is spelled C-H-E-D-D-E-R Express, like a normal person. Uh, same thing with Twitch. Uh, uh, Church is bad for you on Twitter and also Cheddar Express on Twitter. Uh, I have a few feature scripts I'm working on selling right now. Um, one I'm really, really getting close to getting off the ground called Young Boy, uh, which is not a horror film. It's a uh, it's a coming of age tale about a brother who finds out that his uh, his father died that who he's estranged with and he has to go and take care of his his new like eight-year-old brother who he doesn't really know and uh it's it's about a man coming to terms with the fact that his dad was a piece of shit when he was a child and was a great dad for his younger brother and then dealing with that resentment and coming to terms with that so that's what i'm working on now very cool uh kenneth yeah, you can find me on uh, KP Filmmaker Three on Instagram, or you can just punch in my name, Kenneth Perkins, on YouTube or Vimeo. And I got a bunch of short films I've made over the. I've only been making films for three years, so over the last three years, I made about seven or eight short films. Um, I just finished one that was pretty ambitious, uh, it was set in 1999 on Y2K Christmas Eve, and so I bought all the props and everything. And it's basically about some fallen elves that were kicked out of the North Pole, and they come every year on Christmas Eve into your house and they eat your decorations, ornaments, whatever, to replenish their Christmas spirit. And if they get enough Christmas spirit in your house, they'll bestow a magical gift that Santa wouldn't leave. And basically it's a horror movie and it's 23 minutes long. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. I think we did a good job. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, Christmas horror. It It sounds very fun. Sounds like it's based on a true story. It is. (laughs) Doc, yes. What? Where can people follow you and see what you're up to, and uh, what are you up to? Um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> nothing really uh, at the moment. Uh, I've been I've been really studying to uh, kind of pick up uh, learning how to create uh, video games for some uh, horror okay. video games I have in, in mind. Uh, um, but uh, at the moment, I don't have any film projects in the works, but I have a couple scripts that I have uh, for potential like um, partners. Cause I partnered up with somebody to make my last film and I uh, like working to have somebody else to bounce stuff off of. So, um, but I mean, uh, you could uh, search my, my name uh, on, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm all, all over the place. All right. Very cool. Yeah. And good luck with the video game stuff. I learned how to do uh, pixel art during the pandemic. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Perfect time to pick up a new trade. Yeah. Uh, Very cool. Uh, Jerry. Uh, You can find me on, on Instagram at magicians of a cookie at Instagram. That's a hell of a team. Yeah. (laughs) And um, if you want to find what I'm doing primarily right now, I'm doing Astro Space Hero. And I 
produce Dr. Tierney's Terrible TV, which which has Tucky Williams, filmmaker Tucky Williams, Todd Burroughs, Mark Holmberg, and Astro Space Hero pops up on there. He's kind of like Gilligan or something. Oh, God, there's something over, but, you know, so I'm producing that, and and it's kind of a learning curve, so definitely like, oh, man, you know, you know, but uh, yeah, Magicians of the Cookie on Instagram or on YouTube, just type in Astro Space Hero. Something will pop up. Yeah, you know? Very cool. Very fun. Uh, Matthew. Uh, yeah, we have YouTube, uh, MMH Productions. We have uh, a lot of shorts and some features on my YouTube channel. Um, Facebook, Matthew Mark Hunter, MMH Productions. Instagram, MMH Productions. Um we're working on like six shorts and like three feature, like two feature anthologies over the summer. Uh, right now, uh, we have an Indiegogo up for Amityville Poo, Killer Poop 2, and Killer Poop 3, Night of the Living Poop. Back to back film. Uh, the first one's on YouTube, and the second and third one are going to come out. Um, with that one, we, we just got um, Victoria DeMare, part oh, of part three, cool. who was in a oh, multiple the, time guest the, on the show. Yeah, she's been in the Killjoy series as Betty Boop, so she's part of the project now for part three. Hell yeah. And then we got uh we just got someone who was in the Goosebumps TV show on, so we got a couple people joining us for that. So you can check yeah. out the Indiegogo for that and help us out, try to get our goal if we can. And then it's just and then the other thing we're working on is a choose your own adventure film where you have oh, to actually pick what the character does. Oh, very nice. Well, that that sounds cool, yeah. 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 All right. Well, very cool. Thank you guys for doing this. We're going to get the next yeah. one. I got some people saying they hey. can't get in, but that's because I'm not taking one yet. But uh, uh, quick, before we go off, can I say something real quick? Yeah, of course. Cool. All right. Thanks for uh, having us all on. And also, Tanner, go to bed. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Good to see everybody. You as well. Bye. Let's see. We'll go around the board here. See we have uh, Ben Roberts. Your ha- your house plants are screaming. They are. That's correct. <laughs> it's very evening, much, yeah. it's very similar to a Jim McDonough movie, but maybe a little darker. But it's very <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, um, that was uh, my pandemic film. Uh, my wife. I actually I- have that in my notes. I thought maybe it was since it's uh, you're like all the credits, and then uh, and then the, the wife. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, essentially just. Uh, it was near the beginning of the pandemic and just looked up at um, some house plants on a shelf. And I thought uh, I would suck to be them. And, uh, <laughs> I like how this came about. Yeah. That was pretty much the premise of the film from there on. It's out. good inspiration though. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, pretty much just, if you were to invert uh, the house plant world, and put a human there, how torturous and horrific it would be. And uh, that's pretty much uh, what the film is. And it's uh, it's very bloody. It's very gory. It is. And there's a lot of stuff going on here. And uh, someone keeps calling me. Don't, if you're listening, don't try to call in. Just hit the Zoom thing. They're trying to add me into another Zoom meeting. I'm sorry, to, but it's very... It's you like Zoom now? But yeah, but, um, we're going to go through all these. But your house plants are screaming is amazing. And now you're going to look at your house plants differently. You might feel bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. We have a few dead house plants in the house right now. And it's like, oh, man, uh, how much did they suffer? 
And we have uh, Vanessa Yanta Wright of Rainy Season and Duck Orange. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so give us an idea of Rainy Season, which people can go and listen to the other interview. But give us, if you haven't seen that, an idea of Rainy Season and uh, Orange Duck. So Rainy Season was actually uh, my first film. Um, it, it's a Stephen King dollar baby. And then uh, Orange Duck duck l'orange if you're fancy is uh, our pandemic film we did it over three states never left our house put it all together it's um a very ridiculous kind of you know very early silent film style comedy yeah, they're much different uh tone both films <laughs> yes yeah they're about as far apart as you can get <laughs> right that would be interesting if you tried to do both of them in the tone of the other movie. Like a different. I mean, it would definitely, I think, lighten up rainy season. <laughs> but it, that's what I like about uh, festivals in general is I like that you get different types of movies. So, you, you know, you get one that's oh, yeah. really dark, you get someone kind of silly and we'll, we'll get a Jim McDonough movie. That's not ah. even horror. One of the judges like, why is this movie in, in here? It's not horror. Oh, and I, was oh, like, yeah. I, I enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, very cool. And we'll talk more about these uh, momentarily. Dustin and Tim from Bubba. Hey. hey. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thanks for doing this. Can you guys give us an idea of what Bubba is? Yeah, well, to start off, uh, Tim's actually the director. I'm the producer. I created the Meat Hook Massacre franchise, and this is actually the TV series based off of that. The series of films has eight films, and this is season one of the TV show that has six episodes. So I'll kind of let Tim explain a little bit of it to you. Yeah, well, basically, uh, uh, I had great material to work with from Dustin. Uh, it's six episodes. It stars my wife and uh, my buddy Roger and Matt. It's a, you know, it's a, a slasher series, and it was a lot of fun to make, and uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah definitely when did you guys realize that bubba was a character that people liked and so you, you know you make a series um well it was interesting because toward the end of the movie series because i actually approached him to direct this thing called mayhook massacre mayhem which is part eight of the franchise and i was so impressed with his skills with it that i came up with the idea of having him actually helm the tv series and at that point um, i made an agreement to put out a box set so there'll be a box set blu-ray box set of all eight films coming out in a couple months so it was really good timing to have him do the show cool uh and jim mcdonough give us an idea of they used to call me crazy you bet so um i had made my first documentary the year before um called uh, these cotton well that's um, I, I can't speak tonight, but hold on a second. Just bear with me. I think I, I have COVID brain. It is a real thing. I finally got COVID for the first time, by the way. I mm -hmm. thought I was immune. They say there's um, the Neanderthal gene. You can't, you know, you're basically immune to COVID. And however, there's one part Neanderthal gene where you literally get it really bad. So I'm like, I'm out and about. I've been vaccinated, but I'm out and about since I've been vaccinated. I don't, I'm not getting COVID. And there's a million, kids. My, my youngest got it. I'm fine somehow like a horror movie went through the house. I got it last week and, and I literally sometimes can't think straight. Excuse me. So my, my first documentary was a movie called my darling pet monkey. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe you've played it, Neil, if you have, I'd love to submit it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, so that was fun. And I took basically a narration of a guy telling a story of his 
him and his brother, uh, you know, having a pet monkey, which was based on a true story. So I'm sitting in around during quarantine trying to figure out my next movie. And I had a lot of fun making that. And, um, you know, I took a kind of like a sad situation where my dad had passed away. And previous to him dying, um, he used to tell us that he had a nickname where they used to always call, always call him crazy when he was younger. He wouldn't tell us why. Um, he told you know, someday I'll tell you. And then we figured he'd tell us when we became adults um, as we got older. And then finally we become adults and we ask him and he still doesn't want to tell us. But then one night when he, um, you know, he, one of the only, you know, benefits and beauty of his passing is we had like a, we had a long window of kind of saying all of our goodbyes slowly, which, you know, it was hard in a lot of ways, but it was a gift in its own way. But so one, one of those gifts of nights, he um, basically, he had me and my wife come to the house and his, old, and his youngest sister. And um, he basically started telling the stories of why they used to call him crazy. And he had 45 minutes of, of, of audio of these wild, wild tales. And I just took the, you know, three of the stories, about five minutes worth of when he was, um, you know, stealing cars, basically at age 14, 15 and 16. And I thought the stories were funny. I had the audio and I thought it was like really gold itself, his stories. And so I took um, that audio and then I had my, um, my aunt who's an artist, my sister's an artist, my sons that are artists, my nephews, they did like, you know, the, my nephew drew my father and his buddy and my aunt drew all kinds of like backgrounds and my wife drew all kinds of stuff. She drew like, you know, a million things like cars and landscapes and all kinds of stuff. So I had everybody do all kinds of art. And then I basically took, turned into one big kind of cartoon set to his narration. And, you know, it was, a, I think it's a good story. It's on, I think with all the art, it works. And it was um, a very personal, you know, uh, almost kind of grueling thing. It took me 14 months, but I'm, Ultimately, I'm proud of it. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, Thanks, and especially when you know, you know, the backstory and everything. It's very emotional. And a uh, serious question about it, since it is so personal to you. Obviously, watching it is going to be an experience. But what about when people talk about it? What is that like, good or bad? If someone you know has good things to say, or someone you know has criticism for it. So the first, you know, because it was a wacky few years here with covid and, and everything and um so i didn't the first time i watched it i haven't had a lot of um experiences watching it with the public like previous years with festivals mm. but the uh the couple times i did the first especially the first time because i think it was the first time with the shauna shea film festival uh skip shea's foundation that raises money uh he's a great guy and he raises uh, money for a really cool cause but um that was my first time to a live audience and it was the first time I make all, you know, a lot of surreal, weird comedies and they're usually sometimes uncomfortable if people are laughing in the old days, especially, but there was almost a joy in that, like almost like the kind of, um, you know, I love guys like Andy Kaufman where he would kind of torture his audience. Like I, I don't do that as much as I used to, but there was always, that was kind of the stuff I'd make. And then as time gone on, I kind of got more into a little bit, actually trying connecting with audiences weirdly. But um, so this was so unique and it was nothing that I really wrote. And just hearing him tell his story, having strangers, like he was like a, he worked for the phone company. He got his GED. He didn't like, he wasn't an entertainer, but he's a great storyteller. And seeing now him in these situations, then in the brattle of Boston Underground, hearing an audience like react, um, it was pretty cool. Cause usually like my, especially my early stuff, uh, I got a lot of uh, virtual tomatoes and people give it a hard time. So it's kind of honestly, uh, this one more than probably most, I think is connected with people just because it's, you know, there's no heads exploding. Um, people, most people have a parent. I honestly think this is one of the few ideas I've done that actually could sell. Like every family has an amazing story. Um, and every family probably has an amazing storyteller. 
And if you just went and like literally did like with a web series, TVs or whatever, you could literally just do different families who have these amazing stories and then have that feeling gather to do the art. And the fun part too is like, listen, if it doesn't work for you, you might say, well, I disagree. But if, if it somehow works for you, you'll notice that there's no, um, they're all varying levels of artists, like from eight years old to 60. So there's not like, so that just sees meaning like it doesn't matter. Like it could be a family with stick figures to Picasso. It doesn't matter if you're, the family puts it all into it. it it'll, I think it'll connect. And I think uh, a lot of people have cool stories out there that just haven't been told. I think that's a, a great point. And uh, real quick, before we get to the rest of them, uh, someone here in the chat room is asking if this is an online fest. Yeah, Saturday is the actual festival. It's going to start at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I think there's 28 shorts and a bunch of trailers, and it's free. So come and watch it one night only. It won't stay up, so you got to come and watch it. And uh, Troy's got the shirt. I've got the shirt. Uh, the film. A lot of the filmmakers will be there, and uh, fans will have an interactive chat. It's always a lot of fun. This is our ninth one. Fun. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, a variety of different shorts, even like uh, Vanessa's, her, her, her two are completely different, but there's some dark stuff. There's some gory stuff. There's some silly stuff and there's some heartfelt stuff. So it's, it's a, uh, for me, it's a good mix. Uh, Ty Chayman, can you give us an idea of EVP? Yes. And first, sorry guys, my cat will keep jumping up in front of the That's camera. All right. We usually <laughs> have uh, animals uh, on the show. Especially when Trist is here. Oh, yeah. EVP is a short film. Um, We shot it in one night. It probably took maybe like three hours to do. We pitched the idea to each other, and it was all improv after. So it's kind of like we set up the story, and then we just wing the rest of it. Um, Timeline for editing, We, like I said, we shot it, and it was basically finished within a week. We released it online, and then it's been about five years. And then I started my film freeway account, mainly submitting around my feature film, not another monster movie. And we've just started getting selections for EVP, but it's just an improv comedy about ghost hunting and the interview style to it. Um, I was a huge fan of the show, the haunting. And we wanted to give it like a comedic twist. So we just got together and shot something. We hoped everybody else liked it. I enjoy it. I think it's, I like the self-referential parody of, of all these ghost hunter shows. Yep. That's what we were hoping for. It totally works for me. Troy and I were, we, we never actually made it, but we were going to do a a giant hunter show where we walked around town and searched for, for giants (laughs) and never found any, just like all the ghost shows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You think if you were like a deer hunter for 20 years, you might find a deer. Right. You know, I'm like, maybe. Yeah. Um, not, not, yeah not, no offense to any of the ghost hunters. Up no, no. Uh, Mr. Hatch here, Nicholas Hatch, one of the, one of, uh, I, th- I think he's a Severed Limbs original. I believe uh, Severed Limbs inspired him to make films. Oh, yeah. I've made a few. <laughs> so this year, well, this, this month you have a handful of pennies, briefcase, paranoia two, and Johnny Rocker werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your process to make you make, you make these all yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I just got get the idea and then I try to film it and stuff. <laughs> well, it works out. I think people are, are having a good time watching them. Yeah. Yeah. The werewolf one. I recorded those songs last year. Oh yeah. Look at that. Oh, Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Be careful there. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, last year I recorded those werewolf songs and I've been wanting to do something with them and I put that together and I plan on making a couple more westerns. Very cool. Yeah. People watching, check them out. They're very fun. (laughs) Uh, So Ben, house plants are screaming. Uh, So this week, your wife did the animation. She did. Yeah. She also made the um, amazing, crazy, gory set, which um, I can give you a tour of one wall. Uh, yeah, one of the three walls, if you want. Yeah, yeah let me see if I can, uh, this is an insane movie. I I assume when I was watching this that this had to take a long time to create. So yeah, there uh, there's the there's the back wall right oh, there. Wow! And awesome. uh, if you see, there's like a lot of teeth. Let me try to uh, spotlight this. A lot of a lot of chicken bones. Yeah. Um, flesh lamps. Wow. Yeah. And then um, a whole lot of insulate painted insulation foam. So um, yeah, it's uh, that's only one of the three walls. The other walls are uh, just as gory, but they're in the garage. Very cool. So how long did that take to create all that? Um, I mean, from start to finish, that was probably a year. I mean, because um, you know we do. Guys, please. Sorry, that's all right. Um, we do uh, commercial projects and. Um, in between, we would work on this this film. So over the course of a year, we just did a lot of stop animation and um, stop motion. And um, Katie would animate the uh, plant creature, and then I would animate the lights. So that the you know just I walk around in circles and move a light, a, you know, a fraction of an inch, and then just go to the other one, and then just move that slightly while she animated the plant monster. So it was. It was an interesting dance. Yeah. So it's like old school stop motion. Yeah. That's pretty wild. It, it actually kind of, the, the look of it kind of reminded me of Snake Mountain from Masters of the Universe. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's like, um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because we, we, we filled the, the room with um, haze. And at first I was like, oh, it's going to be inconsistent. But then in the narrative of the film, it's technically not stop motion. It's technically a a time lapse is what we were trying to create because it goes across many days. Mm -hmm. So it ended up that, you know, smoke and stuff moving around like that worked perfectly. It was, um, I don't know, it it was a weird way of kind of inverting how maybe plants perceive time, but how humans would perceive time if they were taken care of by plants. I, I, I love it. It's a very funny scene that when I don't want to give much away, but when someone's being carried across the room over many, many, many days. Now, have you ever read the vampire Lestat? It's a weird question, but I've not. No. Oh, we'll see that there's uh, the ancient, the, the, the old ones, the ancient uh, vampires in it are like statues. But they move, but they're so slow, they don't see them. And it actually reminded me a little bit of, uh, of the plants. Oh, that's awesome. They'll come back like, like years later, and, and they'll, they'll be moved a little bit, but not very much. That's really cool. I need to read that. Yeah, I recommend it. It's you know, 30 years ago or whatever. But uh, Let's see. Uh, Vanessa. So uh, how, how, um, how time-consuming is it to make a, a silent film? Well... Well, that one, it, it, it literally took us, I think, from start to finish 18 hours because uh, the 48-hour film project was uh, doing like a 
stay at home version. Right. And so some friends of mine in Michigan and a friend in Oregon, we were like, eh, let's do it. So we applied and we drew silent film was our genre. And the things we had to incorporate was that it had to surround an anniversary. Um, and I think oh, that that might have been it. And so we quickly wrote a quick little script you know, we told the actor out in Oregon what to do. We told the two in Michigan what to do. And I was like, send me the footage. I'll I'll puzzle piece it together. Um, and that's what you got. <laughs> so it was it was a really fast one. Oh, that's cool. Well, how about the acting in it? Because I assume when you're doing a sound film, you have to have the actors have to act differently than they would in a normal film. They have to be more over the top and animated. Yes. And that's kind of what I had expressed to them. I was like, it needs to be like really focused on expressions. Um, You know, if it feels like it's too big, you know, go bigger Um, because it works for that particular style. And then, you know, once we added the music and all of the little kind of goofy sound effects, it just it's it's just so silly. It's very (laughs) fun. I like cooking show gone wrong. Yeah. No, it works for me. And uh, yeah. you mentioned that um, rainy season is a Stephen King dollar baby. And uh, for people who don't or aren't aware of what that is, could you uh, explain that? Sure. Yeah. He um, he uh, offers up a lot of his short stories that have not been commercially produced. Um, and you can get the non-exclusive rights uh, to adapt one of those stories. And you have, I think, once you're accepted, and sign the contract, you have a year to write the script and produce the film. And you literally sign the agreement and mail him a dollar bill. Um, and the, the, the caveat being that you cannot profit at all. You cannot put it up for public viewing anywhere. It can only uh, do festivals. So, you know, there, there's there's pros and cons to it because it's great to be able to attach your name to his a little bit. But you can't really do anything with the film when you're right. done. <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's cool to have it at the festivals. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was my first time directing. So, you know, to me, I thought maybe it would help give me a little bit of an edge to, to, you know, get some exposure yeah. and get noticed. If, I just, if Unlike, you know, now there are platforms where after the festival runs, you know, you could, you could go to YouTube, it could go to Shutter, could different, but yeah, all that is, you know, once it's done with the festival run, it's kind of, it's just gone, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm, you know, secretly hoping that someday he'll want to like package them all together and, uh, you know, put a special release out there for people to yeah. see these films. <laughs> Uh, Dustin and Tim. Now, Bubba's a series. Uh, is each episode self-contained where you could watch one episode or is it re- a large story arc? Or I guess both. No, it's pretty much it's a long story that takes place over the course of six episodes. So when they see the first episode, you know, they'll get an idea of what the whole series is, but you'll still get, you know, you'll still get to see an arc. Yeah, well, I feel like the first episode is... The first episode is pretty self-contained. It has a beginning, a middle, and end, and a resolution. Had you guys done a series before? I have. I, I produced quite a few of them, actually. Like, I did the Tales from the Grave and Creatures oh, and American great. Terror Tales. Um, but Bubba was the first one based off of a film franchise. And, like, I couldn't think of anybody better but Tim to do it. Yeah. 
Uh, other independent filmmakers I've had on have said that's really like a good way to go for the future since there's so many streaming sites and uh, they all need a lot of content. Yeah, no, exactly. And I actually have a, it worked out that they air on Fox um, on Friday nights. And so that's essentially what this was produced for. Cause then they also do like a YouTube broadcast at the same time. And so they showed over the last several Fridays um, on, on Fox 23 out, out in the South and then we've been able to watch them on YouTube as well. And, Tomorrow night is actually the last airing, and it's going to have Bubba's Dead and Me Hook Massacre Mayhem, which is the film that Tim did, which led to hiring for, for Bubba. Oh, very cool. Now, uh, Dustin, when you started, it, it was mostly physical media. So uh, mm-hmm. how has that affected you? As I, Obviously, you're making a lot of stuff. For people who don't know, he makes stuff constantly. But how has that affected you as a filmmaker, the rise of streaming and physical media? It's still around, but it's uh, not as big as it was. Well, you have to be able to cater to all of the avenues. You know, my first movie was like at the end of 2006 and you know, I've done 120 since then. And that's only because I've, I've stayed with all of the different avenues from streaming to VHS to DVD. You know, I've done VCD releases, you do special editions. You want to cover all of the corners of the market. And especially with this genre that's very niche, there's people that want to collect special editions or want a specific version. And so you really want to be available everywhere everybody turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, on that, uh, the idea that physical media is like dead, do you agree with that? Or you think there is like, uh, there is still an option for that? I think it's been dying for 20 years, but I don't think it'll be completely dead because there's always going to be collectors. And like I said, you always want to cater to everybody. I put out special editions of a lot of my stuff because there's going to be people that want to own a physical copy still. And so why alienate them and not make it available? Uh, Jim. How long does it take you to create? You said this one took like 14 months. Yeah. I'm all, I think that it has so much to do with the type of film I was making. And also the fact that I have a regular job, full-time job. It's like, you know, sometimes 50 hours a week. And so, you know, just doing what I can when I can, Uh, but also it's mainly because it's animation. I'm really hoping to scale my time better with this feature where I'm, I'm hoping it's only going to take me three years, two years versus because if it took me 14 months to make my last, you know, five minute right. movie. That's not a good scaling. <laughs> yeah. But, you'll, but yeah, when you're 75, yeah, so it'll come out. Yeah. There'll be more animation than I actually anticipate. Cause there's all, you know, like in the way that like Endgame and Star Wars movies have all kinds of, maybe that kind of, anime, but not like cartoon, like this one, you know, mm-hmm. I heard you have I'm a really big like, ass actor in, 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 in talks to, to be in this. Yes. One final thing is I'm not trying to compare this, this the crap I made to Marvel. So much. um, for, you know, seriously, sorry, I'm embarrassed by, by that. By, but yes, there is a secret actor I'm lo- I'd love to, um, if I can afford him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some other stuff in the works. So he might be asking for the big bucks soon. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you get um? How do you get here? Yeah, taxi, uh, Uber, bus, train. Oh, we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Looking forward to a pal. Yeah. I like like a like a, a horse drawn carriage. I think. I think that's original roots here, right here. Yeah, they were all horse and buggy. That's why it's so ridiculous. You know, all the um, the streets and the rotaries and all the BS. Let's see here, uh, Mister Hatch Nicholas. Hey, you, now use a lot of uh, a lot of uh, the weather up in Maine. There's a lot of snow oh. and stuff involved in your films. Yeah, yeah. This time, yeah, yeah. I take a good belly flop in the snow in one of those films. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you write the films around that? Like, you know, it's going to be you're, you're in Maine. There's going to be a lot of snow. 
Yeah, yeah, I was excited to make a snowy western film. And then we'll I, I wanted to make a couple western. more, and it's hard. Like, it was 50 below out, you know, and I'm... I'm in Eastern, because it's in Maine. Yeah. Ah, I'm w- way up there. Mm-hmm. I'm near the Canadian border, but, uh, yeah. And then I, I knew I had a couple fans of the first briefcase film there. So I thought I'd try to make a second one. And there's some funny stuff in there. Yeah. And you're amassing quite a few uh, things here. You've got the doll in front of you. You've got mass. You've got uh, a framed uh, trophy there. You've got some type of weapon. I don't know if the weapon's from a movie or if that's the stuff you do on your spare time. Yeah. Yeah. Cold and boring up here. No. Uh, What do I? Oh. Hold on, hold on. Here we go. My uh, look at that. Oh, very Um, nice. Very nice. My my friends from Mass mailed that to me. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah. By the way, Andrew Buckner cannot make it, but he's saying he's sorry, everyone. Uh, he's got two films uh, that will be playing Cracked and the Spider Struts Sideways Down Serpentine Steps uh, and also Attack of the Blizzard Beast and a trailer from MacGuffin Manor. So that will play Saturday. But he cannot get uh, Zoom to work. So, uh, Ty, I like the old school ghost in your movie. I, li- I like that you went with uh, that for the look of the ghost. Thank you. Yeah, it was. We were trying to think of like, ideas for makeup and special effects and everything and we're like you know what just throw a fucking sheet over i'm sorry for swearing (laughs) but cut out the eye holes and everything (laughs) like okay let's go scooby-doo style on this and yeah i um those were my ex's sheets wasn't my ex at the time and it was my ex after (laughs) but it's for the film (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, I dig it. I also like that it goes in and out of uh, focus, just like all the Ghost Hunter movies. At least yeah. I assume that was on purpose. I don't want to. I don't want to okay. like uh, say you're a bad filmmaker and you're losing focus or something. But so when we shot it was like in the early stages of my career. Um, those who follow my stuff, I've really been working a lot with director Kristen Skeet in Buffalo, and this was like just before I met her when. I was kind of just starting to do short films and ever since I started working with her, my career just skyrocketed after, but definitely EVP was a super fun one. Um, right now I am out West in Utah. I'm moving back to Buffalo um, because the short film is getting a lot of hype. We are talking about doing a sequel. Oh, cool. I was thinking maybe I could even see it working as a series. Hopefully. <laughs> So you didn't move five, out there and become a Mormon, or you don't have like multiple wives, or no, not yet. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't, or else maybe you'd be offended that I asked that. I don't know. Oh no, no, no. Um, but yeah, so far about two or three of the five people said that they'd come back for it. So oh, nice. Want to do it as a full group thing, or at least just like the investigators investigating a new house, and then obviously Muff and the dog would come back for it too. Very good. All right, so. Uh, we're going to go here and see where people can be followed and uh, what they're up to. And I know the time flew here uh, fast, but thanks everyone for doing this and everyone can check out the festival of Saturday. Uh, ben, where can people follow you and what are you up to? Uh, you can follow um, us at Dominar films. That's D O M I N A R. And uh, that's what my hat is. 
Um, yes, and I have a very cool uh, Dominar uh, film shirt. Oh, yeah. Thank you I so much. I was wear it tonight, but then I, I felt like people think I was playing favorites. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, um, there it is right there. Um, so if you see the Dominar symbol, you're following us. And um, what we're working on is um, hopefully another feature. Oh, um, I met Neil um, talking about my uh, zombie feature. Um, it feels like yesterday, but I think it was quite a while ago. Yeah, it was long. Uh, yeah, it was when uh, when Annabelle was still on the show. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. Uh, Plague So Pleasant. It was a zombie film, and um, yeah, talked to you guys and um, had a lot of fun. And I was like, oh, oh uh, severed limbs. I got to enter that. Yeah, I'm very happy you did. Um, not just because you're here, but I, I'm a big fan of your work. And um, I'm a big fan of zombie movies, but like most people after, after a while, I was like, I've seen enough zombie movies. So to make something I've made that, enough zombie movies, yeah, that stands out though. You have to do something different. And, and that one stood out to me. Oh, good. <laughs> and I look forward to more of your stuff. I really think you and Jim would get, uh, should check each other's work out. I think I'm excited about that. Your that model's amazing. I'm excited to see your movie. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it looks amazing. Vanessa, where can and by the way that you can you can listen to the show with Ben from a few years ago. We weren't video at the time. Uh, Vanessa, where can people follow you and what what are you up to? Yes, um, I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Creepy Girl with K. Um, uh, I run the Renegade Film Fest, so you know we've got stuff going on all the time at RenegadeFilmFest.com. And up next, I am developing my first feature. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be more comedy than horror, but uh, lots of blood and lots of laughs. <laughs> very cool. And um, I met, uh, we, we had Vanessa on just a few weeks ago. So you guys can check out that interview. It was very fun. Uh, Trista set that up. And ever since, I've been uh, interested to see more of your work. Uh, Dustin and Tim, what are you guys? Uh, if you can't ask Dustin what he's up to, he'll just list like a hundred films. But Dustin and Tim, what are you guys up to, and where where can you follow? Be followed online, not not your homes. Yeah, don't follow me at home, please. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Dustin Wayne Ferguson. Look for the blue check. I am just finishing post production on Apex Predators Two, which is a flying killer shark movie that had Vernon Wells in it. He was the lead. Um, we're going to be having a premiere for that in like the next two months. Uh, I know that me and Tim have some other things brewing together, but otherwise I'll let him take over. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Timothy Thomas. Uh, and actually next up, hopefully I'm going to be making a found footage movie oh, cool. for Dustin, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but uh, real quick, before I run out of time, I just wanted to thank uh, Dustin again for the great opportunity. He's a great guy, and I really appreciate it. My wife, Tina, my friend, Roger, my friend, Matt, Randall, Brian, and Marvin. Oh, very cool. Well, I'm, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the Bubba series, and it's always fun talking to Dustin, and it's uh, nice to meet you, Tim. Nice to meet you. And Mr. McDonough, where can people follow you? Yeah, so uh, you can find me Facebook Jim McDonough, I guess, and Instagram Jim McDonough FNF, and same thing with uh, YouTube Friday Night Films. On Instagram, you'll be you know getting to see slowly as I make this feature with like as I make props myself, like for example the arm with the teeth, and as I slowly make this thing out of my house, uh, you can follow the you know the pictures as we go on Instagram. Yeah, 
Is your whole house like sets for 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 uh, for films? Yeah, there's a lot of sets here that I've been building. A lot of you know, I'll use miniatures to build the sets, and then uh, green screen to kind of um, to combination of the two, I guess you'd say, and then real actors. But yeah, so I'm using uh, making all my miniatures for this. It's been a lot of fun. Cool. And I always love talking to you, Jim, and it was good to meet you uh, first time in a few years uh, at Buff a few weeks ago. Absolutely. It was a great time, buddy. Yeah. By the way, uh, real quick about Buff, Boston Underground Film Festival. It was, uh, I actually think this was a good idea. Someone suggested I had Underground to Severed Limbs, so it's Severed Limbs Underground Film Festival, and then I could call it Slough. <laughs> oh, I like that. Maybe we'll go yeah. with it for number 10. I don't know. Uh, Mr. Hatch, Nicholas Hatch. Hey, you know. How are you doing? Where can people follow you? Oh, uh, Nicholas Hatch Films on YouTube. Very good. And what are you up to? And are you, uh, our mutual friend, Michael Epstein, uh, made an IMDb for you. Oh, that was nice of him. Yeah, I got quite a collection of films getting there. Uh, eventually going to get all those shorts together and then maybe start working on uh, some feature films and yeah, I got, I got some stuff in the works. <laughs> Very good. I always look forward to see what you're up to. Yep. And uh, Ty, where can people follow you and the kitty? Mm. Oh, sorry. The, the wife. Oh, no, 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 there's no, no need to be sorry about the kitty. <laughs> um, so I am, if you follow me on Instagram, it is Ty Chaman. So T-Y-C-H-E-M-A-N. Um, well, name's Tyler. Everyone calls me Ty. Um, mainly I'm most active on there. I'm going to be making a link tree. So it is connected to all of the short films and features that are available to watch online right now. So everyone can start watching my work. Um, the, big, the big thing that I'm doing right now is finishing editing our feature film, Little Green People. And that'll be premiering this summer. Um, we're submitting to Buffalo Dreams and a couple other film festivals. That's where we met was Buffalo Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we have a couple. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Three of them did this. <laughs> and I, I um, love yeah. what I've seen so far of uh, Little Green People. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um, it was a complete blast. Um, I co-directed it with Kristen Skeet and we have at least two more short films planned together and another feature to work on next summer. Oh, wow. I'm excited to yeah, show everybody what we've been working on during and after the pandemic kind of thing of putting this little sci-fi comedy together. So that'll be coming out very soon. Both of the trailers are online and we have a exclusive sneak peek coming up in a couple of days. Excellent. Very cool. And uh, Terry Zarchi here is in the chat who has a film that will be uh, playing this uh, Saturday. He couldn't make it. He can't get uh, the thing to work, but uh, so you can check out backwards diaries just passing through, which will be playing this Saturday. And uh, anyway, a lot of people here are saying that they love the show and they're looking forward to a Saturday. So thank you. everybody. As am I. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. What are you up to, Neil? What am I up yeah, to? Nasty Neil. What have you been doing? Well, I've <laughs> I've got a feature film in the works, and I just filmed the uh, another scene for it last night, and uh, the Once in Future Smash, my first feature production with Michael Epstein and Sophia Cassiola, and it looks like it's actually going to be finished pretty soon. 
And uh, we're hoping to uh, get it uh, submitted to Fantasia and other festivals, and hopefully it will uh, get out there later this year. We filmed it right before the pandemic, like literally a week before everything closed down. And so it's been on hold for a while, but it looks like it's actually going to be finished. Awesome. Yeah. Michael St. Michael's from Greasy Strangler is in it. Uh, John Dugan, uh, Grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Victor Miller, the author of um, Friday the 13th. There's all kinds of people involved. And and me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, how about yourself, Troy? What are you? uh, Troy drew this, by the way. Nice. That's awesome. I'm just kind of looking forward to uh, Saturday. Looking forward to the festival and have a big spiral ham on Easter. That's well, there it. you go. Well, hopefully, yeah, Easter's coming up. Come and watch a bunch of crazy movies and then, and then yep. eat some ham. Yep. Nice. That's up. my plan, you know. All right. Well, it's been very fun. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank we'll you all. Thank you. Before thank we you. Back on again, you know, maybe we'll do a separate interviews. So we'll figure out. Oh, next time we'll have like 40 people. We'll just go crazy. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Nice. Thank hey, you so much. Beaster Bunny Saturday. Bye. Bye. Yep. Bye. I'm going to wave awkwardly while I hit end. <laughs> bye bye, Neil. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>